welcome to episode 72 of Real Life Ghost Stories. How you do? To kick things off this week, we need to thank our gorgeous Patreon subscribers. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We would like to thank Oscar, Adrienne Silva. Sam Carter, who I'm hoping is the lead singer of Architects. That would be very cool. Danielle Wright. Uh, Jamie. Ashley Gold. Jennifer Baker. Mia. Diana Sophia. Hayley Burgess. Ragdoll Zombies. N.C. Adlington. Anderia Farley. Jacqueline S. Maggie Luna. River G. Rosetta Sullivan. Signe Sailor. Kayla Downing. Corey Bradley. And Katie Tan. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you all so much for your Patreon pledges. We are eternally grateful and we love you and we want to marry you. There you are. I've said it. Okay. I went there. You did. I admitted the truth that everyone has known for some time. That we want to marry all of our Patreon subscribers. Yes, we do. It's a bit Jonestown-y. It is a little bit, isn't it? Yeah. I listened to a really good podcast about Jonestown recently. It was Spectral Asylum. Okay. And oh my God, their research was out of this world. Like I learned stuff about Jonestown that I didn't know before. So I would recommend giving, giving that podcast to listen Particularly to their Jonestown episodes. Okay. Completely off topic there. Very. But, um, little, little plug. Our film review this week is The Curse of La Llorona, which was released in 2019. It has 5.3 out of 10 on IMDb and 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. Would you like a synopsis? Why not? In 1970s LA, the legendary ghost of La Llorona is stalking the night and the children. Ignoring the eerie warning of a troubled mother, a social worker and her own kids are drawn into a frightening supernatural realm. Their only hope of surviving La Llorona's deadly wrath is a disillusioned priest who practices mysticism to keep evil at bay. What were your thoughts? Well, my overriding thought is that as this movie is part of the wider Conjuring universe... Which I didn't realise, by the way, until we watched it. And I thought, so the guy who plays like the Catholic priest she goes to is the same priest from Annabelle. And I thought he was just being typecast as a priest <laughs> in horror films. I was like, oh, how unfortunate that he doesn't get to play other roles. And then Dan was like, no, you idiot. It's the same priest. <laughs> Did not make that connection. But anyway. And so my thoughts are that hopefully this is leading to a Marvel Cinematic Universe kind of Avengers endgame point where all of the ghouls and ghosts come back and team up against the Ed and Lorraine Warren. Holy shit, that is genius. That's what I'm hoping, anyway. I don't think it's going to happen. So I really <laughs> don't think it's going to happen. I don't, I think you can dampen down your hopes for that one. But that's... Uh, I mean, listen. If film producers are listening, as they always are, you need to be thinking about this. And if you do go down that line, can we have one battle scene where Annabelle is riding the crooked man, which is coming soon, into battle, please? <laughs> And the nun always has the picture of herself in front of her while she's running into battle. Um, I am actually having visions in my head of them running into battle yeah. right now, and it's 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 comic gold. Yeah. So that's that's my that's my hopes. Um, this film was a really good scary movie. If you don't like scary movies, so if you're easily scared, this is the one for you. I think to that's ease really, you into the Conjuring universe. Really good way to describe it. It's very predictable. Yeah. Uh, we spent the whole film <laughs> just going, going to be a jump scare now. <laughs> <laughs> and then proceeding, well, in my case, proceeding to jump anyway. <laughs> yeah, even though you knew it was going to happen. I, I think the 
beginning of the story was really interesting where you had the mother who gets her children taken away from yeah. her because authorities think she's abusing her children when actually she's trying to protect them yeah. from La Llorona. And that's a really interesting, like, start. Spoiler alert, the children get murdered. I mean, you could have predicted that. Yeah. They think it's the mother that's done it. It isn't. It's La Llorona. And she has the potential, like, as a like horror villain to be really frightening. But this film was just really predictable. So my biggest, the biggest flaws for me were two things. Okay. Firstly, the fact that we saw her too much, way too much. She was yes. in it way too much. I don't need to see, like we said a million times, and like people have said on our various social media platforms, the best scares are the the best creepiness comes from not seeing what you're being scared of, I think. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing was there was a complete lack of exposition about her, really. It was just like we saw a woman right at the beginning drowning some kids in the river, and that was it. The priest told the story of her, though. Yeah, but it wasn't like, it was like an afterthought. Like, they could have made her more scary by building up the, the legend. Do you know what I really liked about Unless this film? Unless we're going to get an origin story, which we might do now, now they work. No, oh, I really hope they don't. I really liked, and I, I, by no means, if I get anything wrong, I'm not trying to be offensive. Please just correct us nicely. I really liked the mysticism that the priest practiced, the disillusioned priest. Like, he did this cool thing with eggs to try and see if there was evil in the house. And I distinctly remember a listener's story where eggs yeah. were involved. Yep. So I do think it's a Mexican like tradition. Yep. And I was really curious about the uh, rituals that he did in order to keep La Llorona out of the house, which I thought was really cool. And I was like, I'm into that. And he was quite funny as a character. He so was funny as a him. character, but I couldn't get... So I've been re-watching... Well, within the last sort of four months, I've been re-watching Breaking Bad and it's played by the same actor that plays Tuco in like the first season. Those of you that have seen it will know who I'm talking about. And he just wasn't quite as threatening as Tuco. And I was kind of expecting to be a bit more threatening. So you're disappointed that he wasn't violent and threatening and That he wasn't a coked up gangster, basically. Yeah, he wasn't a coked up gangster who just killed the family. <laughs> rather than let ya, la, la Llorona yeah. get them. Yeah, basically. Easiest way to deal with this situation. Well, overall, right, I was, it wasn't scary, but it didn't, it sort of held my attention enough. I wasn't like, I was disappointed, but I wasn't like. It wasn't awful. Was right. Yeah, it wasn't awful. It, you, I didn't watch it and go, "This is the like a terrible horror film." Blah blah blah. It just wasn't great. It was definitely held up, held up by the two having two child actors that could act as well. They that were girl, very that good. little girl was awesome. I thought she was really good, and, they the, were and very the, good. the little boy as well. I yeah, I just didn't think Lyrona as a scary character looked very scary. It reminded either. me of that film we watched that I want to say was Spanish language that started with in an office. Of a woman climbing on the ceiling. Do you remember? Absolutely no recollection of what you're talking about. Started you... in an office of a woman climbing on the ceiling. Yeah, and they were exercising there, and then it went back and it turned. Oh, was it an Indonesian film or something like that? Do you... And it was the... the mother was chasing the kid through the house. Do you remember? Yeah, this is it. It's formulating. I'm not going to go into it too much, but it reminded me of that film. Those people that remember the films that we watch better than we do, it reminded <laughs> me of that film a little bit. But that I film have did. No scarier. idea what you're talking about. We watched, we watched, I, I want to say it was like that one with a weird doll. Sabrina. Yeah. I want to say it was Sabrina, but I don't know whether it was. I think it might have been something else. I'm having vague memories, but. We really so, don't need to do this now, so. We really don't. <laughs> but La, La Llorona, what is your score out of five? I think two and a half. I think I struggled to give it any more than that. Well, I think I'm going to have to go for a two. Okay. Because I know that you 
you benefited from the jump scares in that you jumped yeah. every time. Although I don't know, you were the one literally going, jump scare, going to be a jump scare. And then you'd be like jumping off the sofa. How? I don't know, because I did it all the way through my third watch of Iron Legend today as well. I knew when all the jump scares are coming, the still jumps at them. It's just like, it's like an inbuilt reflex for me. It's going to save me one day. It will save you. There'll be a loud bang and I'll dodge out the way of the bullet or something. Yeah, and I'll just yeah. be stood yeah. there going, why are you do- Like, why are you always jumping? And then I'll be dead. Yeah. Those will be my last yeah. words. So obviously this week's episode it's about Annabelle. is about the nun from the country and why she has that picture in front of her face. No, it is inevitably going to be La Llorona, which I'm very excited I'm about. I'm very excited about I it I love well. a good folk legend. So we're going to have an origin story and then we're going to have some real world encounters. Well, let's hope the producers aren't listening in case they do us. What do you mean do us? Like legally. Oh. I mean sue us. <laughs> I was like, sorry? <laughs> I'm really confused. Shoot us, kill us. Get Are us. you ready? Yes. Let's do this. The legend of La Llorona, Spanish for the weeping woman, has been part of Hispanic culture in the Southwest since the days of the conquistadors. The tall, thin spirit is said to be blessed with natural beauty and long flowing black hair. Wearing a white gown, she roams the rivers and creeks, wailing into the night and searching for children to drag, screaming to a watery grave. No one really knows when the legend of La Llorona began or from where it originated. Though the tales vary from source to source, the one common thread is that she is the spirit of a doomed mother who drowned her children and now spends eternity searching for them in rivers and lakes. La Llorona, christened Maria, was born to a peasant family in a humble village. Her startling beauty captured the attention of both the rich and the poor men in the area. She was said to have spent her days in her humble peasant surroundings, but in the evenings she would don her best white gown and thrill the men who admired her in the local fandangos. The young men anxiously waited for her arrival, and she revelled in the attention that she received. However, La Llorona had two small sons, who made it difficult for her to spend her evenings out, and often she left them alone while she cavorted with the gentlemen during the evenings. One day, the two small boys were found drowned in the river. Some say they drowned through her neglect, but others say they may have died by her own hand. Another legend says that La Llorona was a caring woman full of life and love who married a wealthy man who lavished her with gifts and attention. However, after she bore him two sons, he began to change, returning to a life of womanising and alcohol, often leaving her for months at a time. He seemingly no longer cared for the beautiful Maria, even talking about leaving her to marry a woman of his own wealthy class. When he did return home, it was only to visit his children, and the devastated Maria began to feel resentment towards the boys. One evening, as Maria was strolling with her two children on a shady pathway near the river, her husband came by in a carriage with an elegant lady beside him. He stopped and spoke to his children, but ignored Maria, and then drove the carriage down the road without looking back. After seeing this, Maria went into a terrible rage and turned against her children. She seized them and threw them into the river. 
As they disappeared downstream, she realised what she had done and ran down the bank to save them. But it was too late. Maria broke down into inconsolable grief, running down the streets, screaming and wailing. The beautiful Lairona mourned them day and night. During this time, she would not eat and walked along the river in her white gown searching for the boys, hoping they would come back to her. She cried endlessly as she roamed the riverbanks and her gown became soiled and torn. When she continued to refuse to eat, she grew thinner and appeared taller until she looked like a walking skeleton. Still a young woman, she finally died on the banks of the river. Not long after her death, her restless spirit began to appear, walking the banks of the Santa Fe River when darkness fell. Her weeping and wailing became a curse of the night, and people began to be afraid to go out after dark. She was said to have been seen drifting between the trees along the shoreline, or floating on the current with her long white gown spread out upon the waters. On many a dark night, people would see her walking along the riverbank and crying for her children. And so, they no longer spoke of her as Maria, but rather La Llorona, the weeping woman. Children are warned not to go out after dark, for La Llorona might snatch them, throwing them to their deaths in the flowing waters. Though the legends vary, the apparition is said to act without hesitation or mercy. The tales of her cruelty depends on the version of the legend you hear. Some say that she kills indiscriminately, taking men, women and children, whoever is foolish enough to get close enough to her. Others say she is very barbaric and kills only children, dragging them screaming to a watery grave. When Patricio Logan was a boy, he and his family saw her on a creek between Mora and Guadalupita, New Mexico. As the family was sitting outside talking, they saw a tall, thin woman walking along the creek. She then seemed to float over the water, started up the hill and vanished. However, just moments later, she reappeared much closer to them and then disappeared again. The family looked for footprints and finding none had no doubt that the woman they had seen was La Llorona. She has been seen along many rivers across the entire Southwest and the legend has become part of Hispanic culture everywhere. Part of the legend is that those who do not treat their families well will see her and she will teach them a lesson. Another story involved a man by the name of Garcia, who was an outspoken boy who often argued with his mother and father. After a heated argument, Garcia, along with his brothers, decided to leave their ranch to head towards the Villa Real de Santa Fe. However, when they were along their way, they were visited by a tall woman wearing a black tapilo and a black net over her face. Two of the boys were riding in the front of the wagon when the spirit appeared on the seat beside them. She was silent and continued to sit there until Garcia finally turned the horses around and headed back home, at which time she said, I will visit you again someday when you argue with your mother. During my travels to New Mexico, I visited a very friendly Hispanic gentleman who I asked if he believed in La Llorona. He wholeheartedly confessed that he did and was very open about his cultural beliefs. However, when I asked him if he believed in ghosts, he stated that he did not. Interesting. 
In Santa Fe, New Mexico, the tall, wailing spirit has been seen repeatedly in the PERA building, which is built on land that was once an old Spanish Native American graveyard and is near the Santa Fe River. Many people who have been employed there tell of hearing cries resounding through the halls and feeling unseen hands pushing them while on stairways. La Llorona has been heard at night, wailing next to rivers by Manny, and her wanderings have grown wider, following Hispanic people wherever they go. Her movements have been traced throughout the southwest and as far north as Montana on the banks of the Yellowstone River. The Hispanic people believe that the weeping woman will always be with them, following the Manny rivers looking for her children. And for this reason, Manny fear the dark and pass the legend on from generation to generation. I am confused why she killed... No, I understand why she, in the moment of heat of passion or whatever, she threw him in the river. But then she regretted it from that point onwards and mourned them. But then when she comes back as like an evil spirit, she's just got out drowning kids. She's not trying to steal them to keep them. She's just out throwing them in the river. It just seems a bit... <laughs> I just don't know what you want me to say. <laughs> well, I don't know. Like, I just, uh, you know, I don't know really where I'm going with it. It just, it just struck me as a little bit odd. I thought like, oh, oh yeah. Maybe... Well, I mean, it's, it's in terms of the logic of hauntings. Yeah, I mean, yeah, seems okay. Seems to be I a bit, you know, what you're a bit strange. <laughs> it's really interesting because it's a, it's a folk tale that is on the surface of it designed to keep children safe. Yeah. Don't go at, go out after dark. Don't go near the water. Yeah. Right? Pretty yeah. simple. But then there's so many Hispanic people who have seen her or claim to have seen her in many different forms. As that we'll story in where she rocks up in the, um, in the cart and tells them that um, I'll visit you again if you argue with your mum. I mean, that sounds like a story that's created for those kids by their mum. But actually... <laughs> <laughs> it's just the uh, it's, it's created by them yeah which is different which is but bizarre it's, but also I mean that could be another case of like this is what happened to the boys who argued with their mum and this is why you don't argue with your mum yeah because she'll come and get you but I mean her husband in that second origin story was a bit of an idiot oh sounds like an and absolute dick I can dick. see why in the heat of the moment it seemed like a good idea to throw your kids in the river I mean, I don't see why, but I can see how <laughs> yeah, it happened. Maybe see how is it happened better... is what I mean. Because obviously they're like the objects of his affection still, whereas he's just disregarded her. Completely. But imagine rocking up in a, with another woman in a cart and stopping. And so I'm not even trying to hide stop it. Stopping. Having just a chat to, with your kids. Just pretending she's not there. Yeah. If you did that to me, rocked up in a horse and cart with, with another, another cat. woman. <laughs> with another cat. <gasps> with another would, woman. would kill me. I'll tell you what. Would you ask me where I got horse and cart from? Yeah, that, I would be alarmed. I would be like, I would address the woman in a second. But first things first, why are you dressed like that? And where the fuck did you get a horse and cart from? And why are you ignoring me? Those would be my top questions. And then you throw Bim in the river. I would never throw Bim oh, in the no. river. Never, never, never. But it's just an interesting, like, folk legend. And I love it. I love how the old guy was just like, yep. Yeah, Absolutely. Real. She's real, but ghosts aren't. That she's not is, a ghost, though, is she? She's like a... She's like a... An ever-present spirit. She's like... It's, because they talk about her like a demon in the film, and they refer to her as a demon all the time. But she's not really. She's just... Yeah, but I've come to the conclusion that demon is just like a buzzword in paranormal circles at the moment, because it just makes it a little bit more threatening just so no one's a speaker. Yeah. Because I just feel like that's like... Like, I watched a video with Chris Starr, 
who's like this, she's about to be in a program called Ghost Leave on UK TV. It's probably been out in America for ages. So I was watching some of her YouTube videos and literally the first question they ask when they get to Disneyland is, is there a demon here? In Disneyland? In Disneyland. The happiest place on earth? <laughs> yeah, and then the spirit box goes, yeah, you. That's the last place I'd expect to find a demon. Well, according to Chris Starr, there's a demon there. Good Lord. He's probably Walt Disney, allegedly. Is that is that <laughs> demon just riding Space Mountain over and over again? No, um, Pirates of the Caribbean, apparently. <laughs> Sorry, are you? Are you? Is, was that a joke? No, seriously. That's oh, where they. No that's they were sat it. outside parts of the Caribbean when they asked the question because they went to. They had this whole thing where they were like, "Oh yeah, we've got exclusive access to Disneyland," and then they didn't get to go on anything because it was shut. Oh. <laughs> well, that sounds awful. But anyway, yeah, I don't think it's. That's why I think it's just like yeah, just let's just throw around demons a little bit more. Not, not literally. I think it's quite a sad folktale. It's a really sad folktale, yeah. really, because it's distressed. It's distressed either way, isn't it? And it's kids dying, which is never a good thing. No, never a good thing. And it's a woman in distress yeah. who makes a bad decision while she's in distress. But which is really sad. interesting choice by the the film to cast her in a wedding dress. In that white dress, yeah. Because yeah. all the stories just said she had black stuff on, didn't they? Um, or one of the stories says she has a black dress. But stuff. all of the stories, I think maybe one of the stories says she has a white dress, but all of the stories other than that say she has a black dress. So, so let's, on that note, let's get to some of the stories, oh, you got stories of me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The first one is called A Kansas Tale. Recently, while working as a copy editor for a newspaper, I came across a wire story about the La Llorona. That brought back memories of what happened to me when I was a student at Kansas State University in the early 1980s. One evening I went to a mobile home that I seemed to remember being near a creek or a river to visit a couple of my friends who were also attending K-State. As I walked in the door I found them sitting on the sofa looking somewhat freaked out. They explained that just moments earlier one of the bar stools was spinning and hopping around. They were Mexican Americans and they wondered whether the La Llorona had anything to do with the incident. They explained the legend to me as I had never heard about it before. They invited me to stay the night in a spare room, which I did. Later in the night, a woman appeared to me, laying next to me in bed, and asked if I would know where her children were. It seemed that while I may have been dreaming, I was half awake. Then I fully awoke and looked up towards the doorway just in time to see a dark figure looking at me and then quickly ducking back out of the doorway. Right then that left me too scared to go and check and see if it was one of my friends checking in on me, perhaps to see why I was talking in my sleep or something. I went back to sleep and waited until the morning to ask them if either one of them had looked into my room during the night. Neither one did. To this day, I do not know whether I really did experience a supernatural visit or if my dream and mind played tricks on me. Imagine waking up next to a woman. I mean... <laughs> Full stop. <laughs> no, I meant like a, a, a woman that then, and the first thing she says to you is, do you know where my kids are? Oh, you'd punch her in the face though, wouldn't you? Oh, I think I just wet myself. <laughs> Very different responses. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's quite nerve-wracking. But then what's she doing knocking around in the... Just spin around a bar stool. Oh, it was by the water though, wasn't it? Yeah, but why should she spin around a bar stool? What's the point in that? And it also, I wonder like... why they, why the two students l- went to her. 
it seems like La Llorona is a bit of a catch-all. Yeah. Isn't she? For like any sort of supernatural experience. It's like, oh, La Llorona. Rather than being like, oh, that seems like poltergeist activity. Although or, this, this person did see a woman in her bed asking about her children. Which after is more... they had heard the story. Ah, uh, okay. You know? Mm. Do you no, want another one? Yeah, go for it. When I was in the seventh grade, I had a frightening dream. I saw myself standing on a dark road with the only illumination coming from a dim streetlight. The ground was wet and in the distance I could hear the sound of rain falling and the tap, tap, tapping of footsteps coming towards me. Peering out into the darkness, I could make out a woman, dressed all in black with a dark lacy veil covering her face moving towards me. Strangely, as the mysterious woman grew closer, so did the rain. When the woman was about 15 feet in front of me, she looked over my shoulder. When I turned around to see what she was looking at, I saw a young child dressed in a white nightgown playing with a doll in the middle of a puddle of water. When I turned back to her, she was right in front of me. The veil was lifted, her eyes were abnormally wide and her face was no more than three inches away from mine. Her terrifying eyes stared into mine dead on until I awoke in a panic. I looked towards the window. It was raining. And as you can imagine, I didn't sleep for the rest of the night. The next day, I shook off the dream and thought nothing more about it until a year later. One night, I was spending the night with my friend Veronica, who had also invited another friend named Sarah. In the course of the evening, Sarah, who is Hispanic, began to tell us about some of the local legends and ghost stories of the Mexican culture. When she began to tell the tale of La Llorona, I didn't think anything of it at first. Then she began to tell of how the legendary spirit travels by water, dresses all in black or white, and is most always seen wearing a veil. Sarah continued by telling us that La Llorona lifts her veil only to her victims, that in the afterlife, she has chosen to them to help her find the bones of her lost children. Now I constantly wonder if, in my afterlife, I will be forced to help her find the bones of her lost babies. Well, that's an interesting addition. Yeah. If you see her face... Because they did a little bit of that in the movie, didn't they? Yeah, a little bit of her lifting yeah. her veil and screaming. She did a lot of screaming in the a movie, lot of to screaming. be fair. So there's, somewhere there's loads of ghosts looking for bones. Yeah, like archaeologists. That's crazy. I imagine they have a little archaeologist. I mean, there is something inherently creepy about seeing a ghost woman. Cheers. Why is it inherently creepy to see a ghost woman? No, it's scary. Yeah, but why? Because I just feel like the no, not not like just not just a ghost woman in general. <laughs> I mean, like like a, a period ghost woman. Why are you laughing at me? You need to rethink that sentence. A woman dressed in period clothing as a ghost is okay, quite scary. Because they always end up, it always ends up leading to the kind of horror, doesn't it? I What I'm trying to say is... If you're not... You're, yeah, go on. <laughs> La Llorona is a scary concept. Yeah, we could have gotten there quite sooner, actually. Really, it's just the veil, like the lifting of the veil. And all that yeah, kind of that stuff. is, quite, like, is quite creepy. And the idea of in your dream, she's far away from you, and then you turn back around and she's like in your face with the veil lifted. It's like being mocked, isn't it? Yes. As well. 
I've got three more. Okay. And they're three more. They're three really short ones. Okay. So I'll fly through them and then you can tell me your thoughts. Oh, I've got to try and remember each one. My story of La Llorona takes place in Mexico. When I was eight years old, when my grandmother told me to go to the store to buy soda. This was during the evening as we were getting ready to eat supper. My brother and I left for the store and along the way we heard wailing, but we didn't really pay much attention to it. However, as we continued on, we saw a young woman walking towards us. All of a sudden my little brother started to cry and the woman ran towards him, acting as though she was going to get him. When we saw that she was floating instead of walking, we began to run back to our house and told our grandmother and mother what had happened. We just locked the door and started to pray to God to help us and help make La Llorona go away. Second story. My mom lived in the same house in Santa Fe, New Mexico for almost 50 years. When she was about 12 or so, she and her cousin were sitting in her bedroom, which was later to be mine at night in the middle of winter it had been snowing at one point they heard a noise outside the window when they looked there was a woman standing there dressed all in white and crying my mom and her cousin were obviously a little freaked out and they ran out of the room to tell her mom her parents went outside to investigate but found no footprints in the freshly fallen snow they came back inside and told her what they had found or rather what they didn't find That scared my mom even more and she was afraid to go back into her room. When I was about 11 I was sitting in my bedroom, in the same house my mom grew up in, by myself at night in the middle of winter, and it had been snowing. I heard a noise outside my window. I'm afraid of the dark so I didn't check to see what it was, I just left the room and did something else for a while. When I told my mom about it she told me this story. She said... It was La Llorona outside the window both of those nights. And finally. I don't think anybody has ever heard of the city that I live in. In the suburbs of a small valley town called Lompoc, California. Well, the story of La Llorona that I know was that she was a prostitute. And every time she would have a child, she would take it to the creek and drown it. Before long, she was murdered by one of her customers and sentenced by God to wander the rivers and streets of the world looking for her children. La Llorona became so upset that she cried and cried, eventually drying her eyes out, leaving two black holes where her eyes once were, and her mouth grew incredibly large, resembling that of a horse. The legend continues that if she heard a child crying, she would come for them, thinking it was one of her own. When I was a child of eight, my family would warn us that La Llorona was outside waiting. During the day, we might cry when we heard this, but as the sun started to die, we were too scared to even walk alone through the house, thinking she might have heard us and was waiting in a dark corner. One night when I was about eight years old, I was terribly angry at my mum and she made me sleep in the room with her that night. I was so upset that I couldn't sleep and La Llorona was the last thing on my mind. I tossed and turned and I looked to the foot of the bed and there stood a lady in a black dress with purple trim. She had two black holes where her eyes should have been and an enormous grin on her face. She had long straight black hair that looked like it was blowing in the wind. The weird part was that I wasn't scared 
I just sat up in bed staring at her for a good five minutes. When she wouldn't go away, I finally got tired and fell asleep. It wasn't until the next morning that I got scared and strange things happened to me in that house ever since. What are your thoughts? Wow. Um, I don't like that last origin story much. Did you find Yeah, did you find that story come up again anywhere else when you were researching? No. Hmm. I think it's obviously it's going to be different towns and villages are going to have different origin stories, aren't they? Yes. Um and I think it's easier to be frightened of La Llorona if you think she was a bad person yeah, in life. Yeah. Like if you think by no means am I saying sex workers are bad people. I just No, but I mean killing multiple children. Yeah, but if you think, Oh, this woman and she killed all these children throughout her life and then when she died, God sentenced her to wander forever. I mean, that's much more of a moral tale than this woman was, you know, abused by her husband and in a fit of rage killed her children. That's you know, not remotely as frightening, I think. I feel like you could have done they could have done more with the the story for the movie. They could have made her a bit more of a threat. To like random kids, like lost kids. Like if yeah. you hears kids crying and that's how she responds to him, you could have done something with. Yeah. Yeah. But I, the, the the interesting thing about these stories is that they're all long remembered stories. You know, they're stories from long ago, and they happen when people are in a sleeping or awake, you know, semi asleep, semi awake state. Except for them kids that went to the shop and got chased by. Oh, except for the kids that went to the shop and she floated after them. I forgot about them. Yeah. And then they shut the door and prayed and we never found out what happened after that. Well, they're obviously fine because one of them submitted that story. Yeah, that's one true. One of them survived. <laughs> they even come from our readers if they did something. No. No. Well, yeah. Okay. They came from, um, I'll give you the, actually I need to say the website that I got them from and it will be in the description. And there's loads more um, from this website, but I just picked out a couple of them. It was legendsofamerica.com. It's interesting that it's been appropriated. Is that the right word? No, it's not, is it? What do you mean? Well, it's like a lot of all these stories happen in... Because this is a Mexican story, isn't it? But yeah. they're all happening in like various different places in America. Yeah. But then when to you... families of Hispanic origin. But when which you is fine, which makes sense, doesn't it? I guess. A, when you leave your culture behind and go somewhere new, your culture becomes way more important to you, I think. Yeah. More so maybe than it was even when you're in your home country. Because it's such a part of your identity. And it becomes fiercely part of your identity. So it makes sense that these children are... St- the the legend of La Llorona is still being perpetuated yeah. all over America in within different Hispanic families. Like, I think it makes perfect sense. What was that? My ankle. What? <laughs> I thought you, like, dropped a marble. <laughs> and then I wondered why you had a marble. Yeah. They're floating down the... Mm, going to the shop... Seeing a scary woman running at you and then realising she's floating at you, I would have booked it out there as well. Oh, Whoop, that would nope. be really annoying. That would be a really annoying journey to the shop. And you wouldn't run, would you? So no, I wouldn't. At least, we, at least we find out what happens when she gets you. Yeah, because <laughs> I'd, disapp- I'd be drowned somewhere and you'd be like, oh, she didn't run from La Llorona. I told her she should have ran. I just wouldn't run. I'm sorry. It would never happen. It's a fascinating story. I think it's great. And it's creepy. Like, if I was a kid and someone told me that story, I'd be like, oh, I'm not going out after dark. I'm oh, not no, going I would shit myself. I am not looking out my window when I hear noises. That second story when uh, all that stuff happened to her mum, and then she was too scared to look out the window, and her mum was just like, yep, lay your own. You should, yeah, you should be scared to look out your window. <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely a squirrel, but it's fine. It's all right. Everything's good. 
Would you like some new reviews? Yeah, please. Our first review comes from Rita exclamation mark 101 exclamation mark and it is entitled Such a Great Podcast. This podcast is a godsend to pass the time at work. You guys are super funny and have such soothing voices to listen to. Super spooky with a hint of mystery. Love, love, love it. And our second one. Thanks, Rita. Is from Rami Soros. Hmm. And Rami Soros says, I just started listening last week and I've already binged all of them. Emma and Dan have great chemistry and are absolutely hilarious. Emma is a great storyteller and the music underlaying adds perfect creepy tension. Dan's reactions are adorable and he's really just saying what we're all thinking. Are you ready? No. (laughs) This podcast leaves me spooked, laughing and ready to dropkick creepy kids at a moment's notice. And finally, we have... Thanks, Ramey Soros. Ecore 17. I really love this podcast. It has the perfect blend of terrifying stories and humour. I love Emma's scepticism and Dan's willingness to actually consider some of the wild theories. They balance each other very well. Definitely recommend I binge the entire podcast in one week. Thanks, Ecore. We love that binge laugh. So it is a very trying time in the world at the moment. Very, very... I thought you meant in response to those reviews. I was like, they're all lovely. What are you talking about? No, they are very <laughs> lovely reviews and thank you. But at the moment, it's a very trying time. And there's lots of, I mean, not here for some bizarre reason. We're not under any sort of um, self-isolation measures, which I cannot fathom, but okay. Uh, but lots of countries, uh, people are self-isolating. I mean, that's essentially because our prime minister said, just said some people are going to die get over it, which is horrific. Her- <sighs> uh, so if you're not in the UK... I would recommend watching uh, Boris Johnson's statement on um, coronavirus where he said, and some of your loved ones are going to die before their time. Okay. And the Irish government was, we are going to save as many of you as we can, which is just mad. But what I was going to say was, if you are currently in quarantine you're in a country where there's lots of self-isolation or there's been a government directive for like social distancing or whatever it is come and join us not physically not in real life no because that would kind of defeat the quarantine and the the self-isolation i don't want to encourage that (laughs) but come and join us what i mean by that is come and speak to us on instagram talk to us on twitter talk to us on facebook whatever it is if you are feeling feeling the isolation at the moment also, if I get quarantined at any point, I will just be streaming. So you'll just be able to watch us. I'll just turn the PlayStation on. If we get quarantined at any point, I will have Dan murdered. So you will have about a week, <laughs> I would imagine, where you can watch him streaming and then he'll mysteriously disappear. So if you want to come and join us on Instagram, <laughs> you can join us on Instagram at Real Life Ghost Stories. You can join Dan on Instagram at 50p movie club you can find us on twitter at real ghost pod you can find us on facebook real life ghost stories give the page a like leave a little review and join our super group which is or lgs super group and the password is dan and emma or emma and dan or emma and dan tiny bims and if you want to send us your story you can send us your story to real life ghost stories podcast at gmail.com if you would like to support our podcast financially, it is patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories, where for $5 a month, you get an extra spooky episode every week. And for $2 a month, you get 
50p movie club which is a podcast that i do with dave keen where i get a movie from the 50p section in cex and we watch it and it's normally trash and i'd also like to point out that a lot of our followers on patreon and whatever are self-employed um they might not get paid if they are meant to be working from home for the next couple of weeks so please don't feel obliged to keep no, donating never. to our patreon if you are in a, a financially worrying situation and i mean that genuinely and obviously be kind and be good to each other and spread the love and don't hoard in your supermarket and just look after people who are vulnerable but not if that means that you might potentially give them coronavirus and on that joyous note we love you and we shall see you next week bye hi this is matt bonlow from scientific american and our two podcasts 60 second science and science talk and this is a staycast from Acast. please be sure to follow your local government's advice I'm based out of New York City, and I've been practicing social distancing for the last three weeks. And while you're staying at home and staying away from others, here's a recommendation for another great podcast for you to listen to. Why not try the Global News Podcast from BBC? It's available on the Acast app or wherever you get your podcasts. Stay safe.